Hello, planet Earth. It is your best friend, O. Jeremiah, with Aaron and Noodles. We are sitting here, and we are excited to talk about the podcast this week. But first, we want to let you know that if you're into this, we have so many more episodes on Patreon. Just go to ojeremiahtalks.com, and you can listen to way more episodes. All you got to do is subscribe. It's 5 bucks a month or 10 bucks if you want exclusive music and other fun stuff. Also, we're hitting the road this week, and... I think we have just a couple more shows of this decade, which is wild. We're hitting Oxford, Mississippi, Starkville, Mississippi. We have two dates in Chattanooga with Josiah Johnson, formerly of The Head and the Heart, and we have a show at Eddie's Attic. So go to our website, ojeremiah.com, look at all the tour dates, and we just want to see you on the road. That's all I'm saying. So this week on the episode, we actually get interviewed ourselves. Our friend Daniel Shackelford, we are really good friends with this guy. Him and his wife do all of our photos. He does some video stuff with us. He's worked a lot with us on the upcoming like content for Joymonger. Content's a gross word. I'm sorry I just used that word. Ugh, I just grossed myself out. But it is what it is. Daniel decided he wanted to interview us this week, so that's exactly what we did. He came over, we we'd sat in our living room, and we just talked about kind of our origin story and I don't think we've ever sat down and said the whole thing all the way through but here it is O. Jeremiah talks to D-Shack about ourselves I think Aaron's giving me thumbs up eyes that's good she likes it hates it okay cool new episode here we go Yeah, you can amp it up. I think you can turn it up. It's the thingy on the side. No, there's a... The oh, that's the vibe. There's nonsense, too. That's the vibe. Is it nonsense? You just like the light, right? Oh. Oh, you it believe It supports your immune system. Yeah, Aaron thinks that it, like, gives off an aura. Super excited you said Aaron thinks it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> no, I... No, I... I um. Here it comes. I just... The immune system thing I can get on board with. I don't know about because the Because of the stuff. salt? Yeah, I don't know about energy. Because oh, it's supposed to do energy too. I don't know. Okay, so I, listen, I, wait, let me. We inter- also we also have one in our. Are bedroom. we recording? We're recording. We also have one in our ABR. bedroom. ABR. Listen, Always be listen, recording. There's also one in our bedroom, but it's a pink light. This one's a soft white. We have the pink light. Okay, so I would like to introduce our guest, or we are the guest today, but you I would like to introduce guest. our host. The host. So the host, uh, Daniel Shackelford. We are niche buddies at our office co-working space, and we have worked together on a few video projects for our new record that we're stoked about, and we have more coming down the pipeline. Mm. And you and I were talking because we were always seeing each other and watching stand up, and, and it's just, we're bound to get chatty, and... Uh, you had the idea of you interviewing us for the podcast. I like that you described our relationship as we're always seeing each other and watching stand up. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I, Aaron and I have talked a lot about this. I text you more than any other person, mm. and ninety percent of that is you sending me stand up comedians mm. in thirty second bites. Mm. Would you agree? I would agree. I do love the Instagram comedian. You do love the Instagram comedian. And it's nice when they have the captions on there too, so you don't even have to have the volume. I read a, I read a statistic that 90% of people don't watch videos on their phones with the volume turned on. I did read something like that recently Isn't too. that weird? It's kind of disappointing as a video guy. Well, as a music person, yeah. like we are literally just standing there strumming our arms and nothing's coming out. 
for 90% of people. Yeah, I guess that's why they have the sound on option for your Instagram stories. Well, wh- how do we get... So that you remind people. How do we play more visual music? I have to know that it's... Here, I, here I, I have a reason for me. I have to know it's worth it to listen to because if you're just scrolling through your phone, you're kind of in like a Zen mode and you're not really... I'm not ready to be like talked at. Oh, you definitely stroll with volume off. Yes. So volume on is a decision. Yes, because you have to be like... that bit yeah and i'll be honest and can i audibly handle that right like do i want that right now 90 percent of the time i'm scrolling i'm probably using the bathroom so most definitely whenever you're in the bathroom i'm like am i about to jam in this stall with like everyone hanging out also animals doing things is like solid without the sound yeah we can all agree we all follow a couple animals on instagram uh yeah at dog the best Instagram account. Really? I don't even I do that one. That it's one. at yeah, I dog. Don't, I don't, but you show me all of them. Every time they post a new video, I show it to you, though. I know. I, it is... As doggy parents, I feel like that's like the equivalent of me oh. sending Anna like children videos. Of course. I've considered this week getting noodles in Instagram. Did you I, really? I, I'd, I'd hit it with a follow for sure. I'm big noodles Sound fan. on. <laughs> Always sound on. Always I'd probably turn on post on. notifications for noodles. <laughs> You know, I think that's that's a very nice nice thing. Yeah. Are you? What is on a scale from one to ten? How much are you leaning into doing that? Three. Oh, okay, good. So we I don't have too much to worry about. Oh, so you're really not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm at a three, and I just like heard the idea, <laughs> and I'm just in the room with her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might even be at a four because yeah. noodles is. The oh, and best. she's on your side of the, the side of the room right now. She's protecting me. I can't even me. see her. Yeah, that's true. Am I good volume wise? If I'm like here, you're so good. Really, you sound so good. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> okay, so this is me handing over the host duties to you. All and right, here, so do it. Yeah, in an accent. So my name is Daniel Shackelford. I'm friends of Aaron and Jeremiah's, and yeah, we had the idea that hey, I bet every one of your audience members would love to hear more about you guys. Sure, and I love to talk. <laughs> so why don't I talk at y'all? I love that, and y'all talk back about yourselves. I love that. So here we are. We did it. I will say, very tired. We are with a very young baby at home. So little baby Stu. Very little baby young. Stu. Like not even two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks today. Two weeks today. Yeah. That's Happy right. birthday, Stu. Yeah. Wow. Dang. I feel like she's been pregnant Fresh. for three years, though. I had that same thought today. Because I feel like <laughs> every time I see her, she's pregnant, and we've been friends now for at least two years. Two. When did I start? June. No. You March. yeah. You started very soon. You started like May, May. of 2018. 18. 2018. It's weird that I know. So a year and a half ish. May 23rd. Yep, that's uh, true. That feels right. But yep. you also have Arthur, who is two. Arthur is two, and he is awesome. He is pretty swell. He's a handful now. And I guess we should say your wife does all of our photos. Yes, Anna is the master behind the the lens behind all the new branding content she really is she's got the touch she's got the touch i will say that and just the vibe in general yeah so yeah so i guess for this episode how long are these episodes they're usually about an hour okay that's what i thought yeah that's perfect when you Um, feel like you're bored you can stop we're gonna be here all night don't worry about that (laughs) i was about to say we shouldn't have even come so yeah i think the plan is to just try and learn more about aaron and jeremiah okay and i think your fans are going to love that, right? I mean, you like to, to jump in with some background, but would you say most people know like your full stories or no? I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like... They're about to. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on 
I think they've gotten fragments of it as we've done this. I feel like it's been like bits and pieces of who we are by like, it's if you're really, on Patreon, you probably know a lot. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we'd say put all our dirty laundry on Patreon. For We're sure. just like, this is what I had for lunch. This is what it looked like. We'll fight in the middle of an episode. Pause. Regroup. I do love that. Yeah. It gets, it gets pretty volatile. We have to pause to talk about it. Yeah. You hurt my feelings last night. Did he? He did. Tell us about it. No, I can't because we're not allowed uh, to talk I'm about that allowed, thing on the we're podcast. We're not allowed to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> and oh, I, just like a mutual agreement you guys Yeah, made. mutual agreement. And then he used it as a punchline against me. Oh, it seems like you should maybe... <laughs> address that. <laughs> Will say, though, got a big laugh. No. But then she made me take it out. Then I teared up. It hurt my feelings. It was a very conflicting emotion. Was it? it I mean, for me, because I was like, she's laughing. Oh, she's crying now. <laughs> I can't tell just, which one. It was I, just the two of you. Just the two of us, right here sitting. Patreon exactly is mostly like just the two of us. Man, I bet you felt that one. The whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole reason we started this was because it's like it's like free couples therapy. Because if you think about it, like hmm. once is that a week, why we started it. No, it's not why we started it. <laughs> That's alarming. It's, sorry, let me let me go back. It's not why we started it. One of the great benefits that I've learned from this is once a week, her and I sit down, we face each other, and we have one thing in mind, and it's just to talk. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice. We do learn new things about each other. Anna would flip out if we had <laughs> one like full hour a week, oh, uninterrupted. Yeah. In a good just way? Just full conversation. Oh, in yeah. a great way. I mean, uh, we certainly yeah. like talk, but I feel like any spouse, Anna's yeah. just my spouse, so I use that, but... I will say this. Yeah. Whenever... So we usually record them on Monday or Tuesday night. It Like, all day before, I'm like, I don't feel like doing a podcast. Yeah. I really don't feel like it. And as soon as we sit down, I'm like, I, that was so life-giving Yeah, to me. why don't we? I don't know. I think it's because I have to set everything up, and we have to... We're like... It's not that... a ghost just left my body it's not that much of a setup i think it's like almost like it's like going to therapy and that you know you're gonna have to look in the mirror to like some of your issues i think that is a great point and so who better to point that out than your spouse because something that i struggle with a ton in marriage because i feel like i'm always performing a little bit I am never going to impress you oh and that is so hard for me you struggle with that she's never impressed with anything no, that you're doing it's things that I don't want to get impressed. I don't want to be impressed by. I'm like, oh my gosh, you wash the dishes. <laughs> mm, yeah, but whenever it's like I like a condescending impress yeah, thing, it's it's hard. Whenever I write a song that I'm like, Aaron, you don't <laughs> understand. I'm about to play you the best song you've ever heard, and I play it, and she's just like, eh, do you want to go watch that new Amazon show? And it's just like she just could not be bothered by that kind of stuff, which is probably great for me. But I it's, sometimes I just wanted to be like, wow, I married. Elton John, mm. and it's amazing. Great. Well, kinda, so you don't get a big head? Is yeah, what you're I think so. Yeah. That's kind of sad, maybe because like I feel like <laughs> I feel like you're Im- I feel like you're impressed with me a good bit. I'm impressed with you all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I really hear am. about how impressed Jeremiah is with you a fairly good bit. I dude it. And on stage, that's he says like, it. He says it like it would be one thing if he only posted this stuff on Instagram, but like he says it to my face like every day. Well, see, that's a good quality. It Thank is. You. See, Anna says it to me every day. Yeah, all day. It's just like her word, her you know, like words of affirmation. That's her thing. Yeah, that's Same my me. thing. So it's not my thing. She grew up with that. Oh, cool. So she's really good at Whereas it. I like, I like kind of did, but not to the level that she did. Yeah. Like when you get Anna and she's her three pro. siblings. And like her, her family, like all together in a room, they're just like constantly like showering each other with 
<laughs> affection. They're That's just how like, I am. You're so beautiful. You look so nice today. Oh, thank you, brother. Oh, you're welcome, sister. Oh, and they gosh. just like they just ping pong back and forth, complimenting each other. I, I'm that way. I did not when grow I think up about way. words of affirmation, that super like southerny term, uh, that southerny That's to not... me, it feels like that feels like a southernism, uh, but. It's because that's the clearest form to let someone know you appreciate them. No, it's them. not because like they always say like it's not well at least the the underlying message for girls is like oh be careful who you date because it's not what he can say whatever he wants but it's really in his actions. That you know you, you are married to, to him though. Yeah, so I feel like what? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Aaron's like sure. years into marriage, but still like hesitant <laughs> about fence. like trusting what he's saying. I don't he's know just if a boy. he's going to stick around. <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying. Like I've like you've been a little bit conditioned to just like, or at least I have. Mine's my family like very much grew up on like actions, not words. Yeah, I we're think not very good. If, what I'm get, what I'm hearing is you just don't love me as much as I do. Sure. <laughs> no, I see what you're sure. saying because I'm the same way. Like yeah. the words are great, but. They kind of roll off sometimes. Yes, same. In a same. bad way. But like, they kind of, yeah. I wish they didn't, but like. Yeah. I'm just not going to yeah. talk anymore. Yeah. I think I have, like, I have a fair, <laughs> I have a very decent amount of negative self-talk. And so a lot of times whenever someone tells me po- something positive about me, I can be like, yeah, but I have like a thousand other things that'll negate that. Mm. What? And so. So that's interesting. So actions mean a lot to Why me. do I not get to cut in front of the line though? Because we have this, so we the enneagram comes no, up a lot. Do. Of, no, you do. Like hang on. I still, ta- I still receive it. Sure. Yeah. But we talk about the enneagram sometimes on here, and we talk about the fact that like to each other, we are neither of our numbers because you go past that. Like you're like deeper in. Like you're not performing. You're like you start at the ugly part, right? And I feel like this would be similar. We're like, I get to go deeper than the negative talk. Is that not I true? I mean, yeah, that's, of course that's true. Okay. I mean, how many times have you, like, apologized to me and I cry instantly? Well, can we in give a, me a different a example than apologizing so, for something so, I did wrong? Stop. In a positive way, like, like because your words, because your apology has such weight to it. Like, yeah. I don't, okay, maybe I should have used something more positive. I get that. No, I, I'm, your words do mean a lot. Yeah. Okay, I hear that. That's why I tried one time. I tried to give him a compliment jar. Here's how you do this, Daniel. You get a mason jar. You cut up some strips of construction paper. You think of a lot of great thoughts of Anna. You put them in the jar so that way if you're just like not feeling fresh and she needs a compliment, just reach in the jar, Anna. So and does she, it oh, super you, work? You've loaded it with compliments yeah. and she can pull one. Yes. And be like, oh, I'm so yes. pretty. So I was not, feeling. Does it super work? It, not only does it not super work, it doesn't it at all. <laughs> I don't see not, it working. The first one I pulled up. First year of marriage, Aaron thought that this was gold. <laughs> I pulled one out and I was just standing. It was like a Sunday afternoon and I was just like, I wonder, you know, what does Aaron think about me? And I pulled oh, it geez. and it said, wow, that song sounds great. <laughs> I was just so like 100% the thought in the yes. moment that she wrote. Yes. And I was like, this doesn't mean no good. No context. Yeah. Just bloop, put it in the jar. <laughs> that hopefully it was, hopefully awesome. it was your song too, you know? Yeah. I don't even mm. know. She's probably listening to Robin dancing mm. on my own. Stop and she was it. like, wow. And then put it down. Anyways, words are important. I'm working on it. One thing I have gotten better about is I will write letters on Mm-mm. big events, birthdays and things like that. That's good. Mm. And those I do feel good about because I'm not great at like verbalizing Same. the feelings in the yeah. moment but i can write a mean letter yes yeah because then i can take that opportunity yes. to be like hey here 
you, you know all these things, but That's here, good. let me tell you. When we get in big so conflicts between each other, I email argue. She will email me because in the moment I forget what I'm my point. I like that. Yeah, I forget my point. If I'm arguing with somebody, like he, I, I can he's endure. Probably tough to argue I, with. I yeah. think Jeremiah could have been a lawyer in a different life because his arguing skills are very good, or maybe yeah. mine are that bad. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, you're playing that smart. I feel like that's a very like valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And it I, also, I, it, I lose my way and I'm angry and I forget my point completely. It also disrupts the momentum because she's just like, actually, I'm gonna need 24 hours to. <laughs> <laughs> she rips the rug you know off Monday. Hold that thought. <laughs> it's a it's a good move. Sorry, you never even. At, go ahead. We just let's let's jump into it. Thing. I mean, okay. we're in it, but yeah, I mean, I'm. I did write notes down. I love that you brought this notebook. Super prepared, and we just like that's do, so. Yeah. Whoa, that is hefty. Yeah, look at that writing, though. You also have really good penmanship. Do you journal daily? Miss Dial's first grade class penmanship award paid winner off in your living room right now. Hundred percent. Can you it. believe it? I can. Yes. Hit me with it. All right. So, I will say one thing. I did want to share. Is mm-hmm. that maybe your fans only know you from the musician side of things, and mm-hmm. through the podcast, of course, I guess are getting to, getting to know your like personalities, sure. right? But I love on you a little bit here. So on a oh. personal level, I'll say something nice about both of you, oh, and you- <laughs> or maybe just one of you. Okay, no, <laughs> both of you. So Jeremiah, everyone probably knows this, but for everyone listening that maybe doesn't know what a personal life is like, being friends with Jeremiah, easily. The most like chipper, happiest dude in every room that he walks into, without mm-hmm. a doubt. hundred percent. He knows it. We'll we all it. know it. It's just who he is at his core. No matter good mood, bad mood, when he comes into a room full of people, it's like, this is why I live. Turn it on. This so it, it comes on and it's the best. Super wow. chipper, super friendly. I think you'd have to really dig to find an enemy of Jeremiah's. Mm. Um, but that maybe not. He could maybe rub someone the wrong way. I could see that too. I think... I think but if, since I'm paying compliments, we'll just say... Probably not. Sure. Chipperness annoys people, I think. Uh, and uh, Not chip, everybody. Chipper's probably not even the right word, because I don't see you as, like, annoyingly, like, upbeat, mm. necessarily, mm. which I guess that's what chipper is. Like, always on. Yeah. He's more. Yeah. yeah. And then Aaron, that's good. Huh. definitely Both. the kindest, sweetest, softest, most caring, like, sweet soul in that's every room. Nice. So, the nice. duo is, like, pretty sweet. I think... I think it's a really, I knew we were different getting married. Like I knew we had the one thing that your dad told me whenever we were getting engaged. Cause I asked him to me that I was like, Hey, I want to marry your daughter. And he said in the mornings, don't talk to her because she is not a morning person. He said also don't look at her. Also don't look at her because that annoys her too. Look down, Jeremiah. Yeah. Look down. So, and I am very jolly in the morning. Mm, that's it's, annoying. Yeah. See? Yeah. Not everybody likes a morning person. Yeah. Glad it's not super early when I get to hang out with you. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Because you've had some time. You've had your avocado toast. Like mm. you've got me there. Avocado toast mm. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, everyone who's listening, you probably know that from the music, but it's true. So that's really, I see, that's very nice, nice to hear that. Yeah. I see this lad and lass four days a week. You know, yeah. during the work day. So you I feel do. like I get a pretty good dose of <laughs> the real uh the good the real personality. So it's true. yeah, I thought that'd be a good thing to share. Well, I think we Thank should all Daniel. compliment each other more. Let's just keep moving. It's okay. not in my notes. No, no, no. I don't have written down <laughs> for everyone to compliment everyone. So okay, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. We are also those time. were prepared compliments. That is true. Oh, I didn't write them down. I just said open. 
Oh, I'm I'm very impressed. But I knew, but I knew the open, the general vibe. I wanted to just be like, hey, let's get that out. So that was from from the heart. That's nice. From one struggler of compliments to another, that was very well done. It's funny though because I really don't have a problem complimenting other people. Mm. Just your wife, which is makes it harder on Anna (laughs) when she knows she knows that. But like, I'll pay someone else. I'll like shower them verbally with sure, yeah. All the great things they are, like words of affirmation out yeah. the wazoo, and she's just standing there like... <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> didn't we just have a conversation about how you told me you don't do that? I get that. I have, um, I've gotten I into that. trouble because I will compliment a man so much that uh, he will think that I'm interested. Mm, I have fallen into this trap as yes, well. Yes, because I, I feel <laughs> safe complimenting dudes... Cause like, I'm just like, dude, you're killing it. Look at that beard. Look at those jeans. Oh my gosh. And then he's like, so what are you doing later? And I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess I did not mean for that to happen that way. So I don't know if my tummy just made an introduction. I think it did. I I hope it did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's, what's new for, oh, Jeremiah, the band, the band, the The duo. Uh, What's like, if someone says, what's going on with you guys today? Or just lately? What's... We are in the process of packaging and getting, like, our, our album is done in the recording process completely. M- mixing, mastering, which are, like, mixing is getting the levels. Mastering is, like, I call it, like, the car polish of a song. Yeah, like, you wash the car and now you're waxing it is the mastering part. Yeah, and all of that is done. So now we are, like, submitting artwork and names and everything for the record so today was like literally today we had like a meeting of like okay do you want this to look like this what is our budget looking like for the release of all of this stuff like we're just getting our ducks in a row today it's interesting we're such an indie band like we don't have a manager we don't have an agent like so we do all that stuff i know today felt very we that we felt that really hard today because we had a lot of decisions to make. So we we sat down in front of the computer and we said, "Here, what are our priorities? What are we trying to get? What are we what are we aiming this ship at?" Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes from I always have these big expectations of what I want to accomplish. For me, it's always I want to go big videos. I want to go like high quality. You know, like our videos have airplanes and it's like there's like a cast of 25 people. And I just like want to go big every time. Aaron is really good at being like, is that a great use of our resources for that? Like, do you like do you really need seven professional dancers for one 10 second scene when five will do when five will do perfect? <laughs> right. So so that's one of the things we're in, we're in the budgetary like, hey, where are we going to put this money? Because this is the first record we've ever had support on. So we signed a deal this year. And this is the first time we've ever had someone go, hey, here's even though it's like not a ton of money, but here's a way for us to uh, help get this thing going. Yeah. The so stress now- level was like less than half of what it typically is because of the record deal oh my gosh because today the stress level goes down goes with the down. record deal yeah yeah because you're just you're not like okay what am i going to pull from this month yeah to sure. pay for that like it's like oh that's taken care of this is so weird because yeah. honestly every record we're like hey we we need to like get less groceries or we need to like we can't go out we need to put that into this video or what like it's very sacrificial to make things and it's and it's really tough because you take it really personally when the thing doesn't hit the way you want it to hit so it's this because a, that was like a sac- such a sacrifice on your end yeah and yeah. you have to look at each other and be like hey i'm sorry that i 
that I put our chips on that bet. Uh, I won't do that again. And then whenever it comes back around, you're like, no, no, this is the one. You asked to do it twice. Yeah. Whoops. So we're in that phase, budgetary planning, that kind of thing. And that's fresh planning tour for, for next year. We're trying to figure out how we can get noodles on the road with us. That's, that's a must. It's a must. Mm -hmm. And then we are getting merch for the album. That mm-hmm. came back today that we're super stoked about. Five panel hats, of course. Obviously. Mm. And then we're doing, what else are we, oh, a, a ton of video prep specifically. Like that's yeah. like writing the script for videos. Ordering and props for Ordering it. props Didn't for Didn't expect it. that yeah. in the budget. So it's just, it's like a, I've gotten obsessed with shooting things on film because we did My Baby Jimmy and Me on 8mm and like now we're considering Wait, like, no, Anna did the photos on film before that. That's what I was, I was literally walking through my relationship with film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, babe. Uh, and then, so Anna, Anna actually started it because she shot Fine. me at the office by just like click and it was just like stat, just like that. It was like headshots or something. And I was just like, oh, I was want like half everything a roll of film, to, like yeah. Left over from a wedding. And a black and white roll. And I was like, hey. And I was like, I love the way this makes me feel. I want all of our photos to be like this. So that's where we're at right now. It's it's this is the hardest part for me because I am excited and jolly and pumped up all the time. I have nowhere to put that energy. So I wake up every day like I'm going to rock it all the time. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm just going to sit here and wait until all this stuff gets dealt with. But. So you're saying now you do have a place to put that energy because you have so much work to be doing? Or I will you're say saying, today was the first day I felt like I got to put that somewhere. Yeah. Because whenever like you're waiting for the songs to come back. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I, I have there's literally nothing I can but do. But we're getting things back and you're having to make decisions of how things should go. So that should help, right? Oh, of course. And a, it's probably like a, a bit of hurry up and wait. Type yeah. of it's exactly type of work, and but then when it does hit, it's like it all hits at once. Yeah, and so yeah, then you that's fi- what I felt like. Which yeah. I kind of liked that type of work. I liked when it all hits, so then I feel like crazy busy. Yeah, I feel way more productive. I sleep better. I feel healthier. I think. Yeah, if I'm busy, I if sleep I'm really better. busy, yeah. I think. I think yeah. I put busyness as like its own form of currency because like I unfortunately like identify identify myself so much with what we do. And I'm like, the more I'm doing, the better I am as a person. And it's just, I, I wish I could just take this time and be like, hey, maybe learn to be a regular person. And it just doesn't. How much of you is thinking about the next project? Like not Joymonger, whatever comes next? Yeah. That's a question I would rather not answer. <laughs> okay. More than I'm proud to say, probably. Okay. Cause but that's you're what, thinking about it. But you're still real occupied with Joymonger. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially today, because today it was like, Today was the, the most real actually, it's felt. Decisions for sure. took action today. Yes. And also, which was so I have my brain never stops thinking about this stuff. Yeah. It's 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 running 80% of the time. So whenever it's like, "Hey, there's nothing to do right now, just sit." I'm like, "Okay, I guess I'll start writing the next album." Hmm. So I'm sitting on like five songs for another project and we haven't even gotten this one back yet. It's that just sounds exhausting. No, I, I have energy to spare, which is yeah, weird. He really does. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like, especially when it's just the two of you and there's mm-hmm. not like a manager or whatever helping out, it's very much like you're bootstrapping a business. Yeah. You know, like starting and just, you're doing everything. You're doing yeah. the marketing and the, you know, the bookkeeping, of course. Every single part Every of little it. aspect is just well, on your shoulders. Well, so I would say our number one struggle is 
drawing the lines in the sand of hey this is marriage time hey this is we're hanging this is date night time yeah because like this it's you know we're sitting and we're being intentional about conversation but i struggle with hey we need to just go out talk about our favorite movies talk about how you're feeling about whatever like let's let's date each other because the lines get blurred because we're with each other all the time yeah if we spend three hours apart it's like are you okay like it's, if I'm at niche and he's not, he, he's texting me the whole time. The entire time. Mm. And asking me a bunch of questions. So I had to say like, hey, every time you have a question, type it up in an email. Torture. And then send it all to me at once so I can remember these things for the business. Like, because he'll be like, what are, you, how, what are you doing? How do you feel? Can we book a show on November 17th? Like, and then it just like, it's like super sporadic. Stuff that could be like all resolved at the end of the day. But yes. I'm kind of like that. Yeah. I'll like want an answer right then, so I can just like move cross forward. it off, move forward, and put yeah. it behind us. But I want to, I want to cat like I'm because yeah, it's going to distract you in the middle of something else. And yeah, I already yeah. at the beginning of a workday, I will open up all the tabs that I could ever need, which is probably not good. So I'm bouncing back before between like four different emails, like different social I, accounts. I work like that too. Yeah, like I hate that a about ton myself. of different. Me too. I'll type an email all the way to completion. Yep. And I'm like halfway done, like reviewing and checking it. Yep. And then, you're and then I'll just jump on to another task. Yes. And mm. like 30 minutes later, sometimes I'll come back and be like, yes. oh, let me finish checking that email. I know. I, I have to, what I've done lately that helps is like I have to, I have a written planner still because I'm 80. And that's just the way I have to do things because I like to see my, I have to see a week at a time. I'm like, what am I responsible for this week? And if I, I will think of things that need to be done in like two weeks and I want to get it done that week, but I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't need to waste your time with that right now. That That's not pressing. So I'll have to like flip my two pages and write it on the week that it needs done. And that's like been super helpful because I will jump all over the place already. And, and the I, joy oh, of physically writing it crossing in. it off. Or oh, like, crossing gosh. it off. Oh, that's way better than just like hitting your check. Oh yeah. To big fill time. And I, big oh, 1000%. Endorphins through the roof for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I su- I really enjoy it. I have the problem with the checklist or the to do list. It's like yeah, you just put them all on there. And you're like, well, let's get it done this week, and then before you know it, you've got eighty tasks on here that you won't even get done by the end of the yeah. year. Sure, but you're like, well, maybe yeah. I can do it next week. Yeah. Yes, but I that's have things not that I'm like, this needs to be done, but like you have no deadline for it. You should just get it done at some point. And I have like a kind of like a no pressure list, but that's still yeah. Why do I? It had a thought and it left me, sorry. Yeah, I'm try I try to I'm like constantly looking at different to do list website, software, really? application things. Me and Matt were talking about it today at Niche. Yeah. About how we spend more time just looking for ways to manage the to do list. That you never even than get started. We, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, I get more like joy out of being like, All right, here's the next software we'll use. Oh, of course. I never use software. yeah, that's funny. But then I always just revert back to the notebook too. Yeah, I love notebook is tried and true. And I like I fold it down whenever I'm done with a page. Ooh, love that. Chaos in my life, like in my as soon as I get to my desk, I just start throwing stuff everywhere. I You're, I worked from your desk today, and I was it was very stressed out. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why, but like as soon as I start, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write today. The first thing I do is I start throwing stuff everywhere. I just like my mind is so cluttered for some reason i like really need a cluttered workspace because yeah that's why our studio which is like his workspace at home is chaos but i'm like you know what let's just leave it that way because you're it's always going to be like that 
So let's but you know where it. everything is. And not only, yeah, I, so I've lived like, long I'm enough to know that it. this is how it's just going to be. That looks this like is, your room. This is it. Yeah, this is it. There's no growth. Mine, I try to have a clean slate every day. So that's why yeah, I do it out yeah, here. Again, yeah. another point, you and Anna are just like <laughs> meant to This be is together. my workspace every day. It's it's clean every day. She loves I try it. to keep it clean every day. But yeah. So the next thing I thought we might do here <laughs> is take it way back. Right. Okay. So maybe not everyone who listens knows a ton about your background. They probably know like, oh, he's from Mississippi. She's from L.A. Um, lower Alabama. Lower Alabama. <laughs> but Lower Alabama will forever be L.A. No, no, no. I, I'm uh, super aware of that joke. Sorry. Yeah. It's just <laughs> so like sorry. I'll know the first time you hear it, you just love You're that. Like, yeah. You're like Los Angeles. They're like, no, man, Lower Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, like, I no. will forever use that. Yeah, no, that's a good joke. Um, I never use it. So yeah, I thought Sorry. it'd be cool to maybe just jump into the past a little bit and see, you know, what the road looked like to get us here in this apartment complex. Um, mm-hmm. So Jeremiah, born raised Laurel, Mississippi. Laurel, Mississippi. Where Lance Bass is also from. It's true. We wow. talk about it in every class. Wow. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Is <laughs> your goal? Very impressed with it. <laughs> Is your goal to be bigger than Lance Bass one day? No. My goal is to be exactly as big as Lance Bass. Excellent goal. Yes. Excellent goal. Uh, Jones County, so free state. Free state. Right? Yep. So Matthew McConaughey and you are pretty tight or just sort of like No, I, cool. I, I think seven people I went to high school with were in that movie. Love that. Because I think they did the casting at Jones County. The But funny, fun fact about that. So let me give us some backstory on what he's talking about. Uh in the Civil War, Newt Knight led a revolution in Jones County to make Jones County its own state so we could secede from the Union. From the Confederacy. From the Confederacy, yeah. yes. Uh, Newt Knight's great-great-grandson was my next-door neighbor growing up. His oh. name was Olin Knight. And his daughter, Vicky was like our next-door neighbor. I think Olin died whenever I was like a little kid, and then Vicky was alive until I was like 18. Um but you want to talk about being proud of something. Oh, man. Huge. Jones County is so proud of that movie. Oh, and that, gotta and that, be. Gotta be. Uh, but you can go in certain places, have the map of where Jones County was its own state. Like, you can see it. And it's, like, worth a lot of money, I think, to see, like, you The know. movie did not do very well. No, I don't think it did. Unfortunately. But it, it was a really good movie. Was it? I didn't see it. Oh, you should definitely watch it as a cinephile, like... You definitely are. Well, I'm a Matthew McConaughey file, and I'm and I'm super into Laurel, Mississippi. So it would be nice to see it. Yeah, even if it was terrible, I feel like you'd like it. Oh, I think so but too. But it was it was really genuinely a good movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know why I got bad reviews. But yeah, I, I don't I, know if it got bad reviews. Did it get bad reviews? It got it got a few for sure. I but saw it, in like it grossed like half of what the production cost. Whoa! Which is that makes, sucks. My, makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. yeah, that really sucks. Ouch. Yeah. I'm super proud to be from Laurel, Mississippi, though. It's a lot different now that they have the HGTV show. But it's growing up there, it was a really cool place to live because I knew everybody. I got to have really great experiences of like being in plays and doing all this stuff. And I was I was I was given so many opportunities to perform and to like fall in love with music in a way that I don't know if I would have been able to had I had more things to do. Like boredom was my best friend because it like made me look for other stuff. Like I grew up going to the sound shop and buying albums and that's like how I got into music because there was nothing else to do. So what was childhood like? I mean, free reign of the neighborhood type of upbringing? I guess you can call it a neighborhood. There were two houses on the street I grew up on and it's... And a church. 
and a church. You can't call it a street. It's a road because there's no pavement. But you... That, side note, that road is the bumpiest road I've ever been on in my life. Yeah. And they go no less oh, than, than 50 oh, yeah. miles an hour on that Love road. That. But it's, it's, it's not even half a mile. It makes it more of a smooth ride the faster uh, you go on. Yeah. If I, you're in the air the whole time. I, right. I 10 out of 10 disagree with that. It's terrifying. But so there... <clears throat> I, I was about to name the street. I don't know if I should, but there is a church and then there's Vicky's house and then there was our house and then a dirt road that led to an oil field. So that's where I grew oil up. Field? An oil field. Oil. Oil field. Okay. Oil field. And there, so there wasn't a neighborhood. If you had to drive, if you like, oh, I could really go for a Coke. Let me hop in the car and drive 15 <laughs> minutes. Like it was like that far, right? <laughs> that's true. Love that thought though. Yeah. So that was that was my upbringing so it was a lot of oh we can't go to town because none of us because me and my i'm the youngest of three brothers before we could drive it was just hey do you guys want to like listen to music or you know play mario 64 and Mm. just like hang but my brother would bring home incubus and foo fighters and nirvana records and i would be like wow this is so cool like this is what we should do we should just listen to these records and we got super into saturday night live and so, you're 10 9 10 oh i 13 i think so my brother it's really it's really weird we talked about this i think last week on the patreon but my brother looked exactly like john belushi growing up and everyone would stop him and they would say has anyone ever told you you're like john belushi and that led us all to getting really into Saturday Night Live because we were like, who the heck is John Belushi? We'd watch these old SNL videos since I was like a little bitty kid. <laughs> and we would stay, my parents would, The I think one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters was American Pie. But like, I, my parents were just down with whatever. They were just like, hey, whatever you want to do, like <laughs> as long as you're like being respectful and like knowing the difference in right and wrong, watch whatever you want to watch. We would watch SNL and I would learn how to tell jokes and I would always want to be the musical guest. That's like what I always loved. And it was just that all the time. It was as since... I was probably like seven until almost 30, just SNL and records. And then I found Blink-182 and then everything changed. It's pretty awesome to be passionate, find a passion super young like that, and then just stick to it. I was 11 whenever like I started that I was telling you about when I got here, this, yeah, the, the police cop. officer. Mm-hmm. I've known him since we were four and he has been a police officer for Halloween his entire upbringing. Aww. He was an explorer at the police station when he was in like middle school. Amazing. All the way through high school, worked at the police station in high school as soon as he could, went to North Georgia, like military college, straight to being a police officer, still is that today. Wow. Like, just knew. Just knew, you know, from day one. That's amazing. I knew it, I was 11, and I started taking guitar lessons, and I was just like, I don't want to do anything else. This is the only thing. And then the I was it was thirteen dollars. I bought "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket" by Blink One Eight Two. I went to the sound shop. I bought it, and it was one of those CDs that had three different editions, and each one had a bonus CD or a bonus song. And I just remember being like, "Oh, I want to have a bonus edition. I want to have all these things." And since I was eleven, that never changed. It was just that That's all the cool. time. I just couldn't. I couldn't get enough of music and that's just i think having a passion is misleading because like not everybody has one and i think that that's fine but for me it was really helpful because i had nothing else going on and it was the thing that was like hey like one day this is gonna go the way you want it to you just gotta like stay on the course or whatever uh especially whenever you're in mississippi i, I didn't have a lot of musician friends it was 
you know, all my friends like hunted and, you know, made corn dogs at the fair mm. and that kind of stuff. Literally what, literally what my friends did. You gotta have a corn dog friend. You gotta have a corn dog friend. So Aaron, similar? No. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, our parents are really different from each other. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Cause Jeremiah, your parents were supportive of that. Yes, but they were supportive in a very unique way. My dad is exactly like me. He is loud, always telling jokes, always he's super creative, like super wants to be like the center of attention. And he's just like, he's like a Cajun and he's like dirty and he's like <laughs> the best. But he was so encouraging and he's like, dude, you got to do it. You got, he was one of the reasons my passion stayed so lit the whole time. Like it was like a raging fire because my dad would come in every day. He was like, Literally, whenever I would get a job, he'd be like, hey, why are you getting this job? Like, shouldn't you be playing music? Like, he was the opposite of what most parents were. That's super rare. And my mom, who worked for the IRS, was the opposite brain. She was, hey, listen, it's cool that you have this passion. If you want to sing songs for a living, you have to become a better singer. So you need to take voice lessons because you're not good. Like, And that was really helpful for me. Yeah. Because... I but she still like super supported it. So supportive. She was like, but I'll like pay a practi- for them. Like a practical standpoint where yeah, it was like the dreamer standpoint. Yes. Yeah. So they were two sides of a coin that I really needed to one to stay the course. Cause this is a hard thing to get into, but also to get equipped to be like, Hey, it's going to be rough. At least give yourself the best shot. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, for you, it was, I don't, I don't, th- my, I don't think to to say like my parents are supportive of us. It, I think it just looks different for them. Yeah. Because like my mom is the oldest of six. She was and she went from like, and the kids are like all or were like so close together in age. So like she was essentially like helping raise her younger siblings, and then she went straight into that to nursing school, and then finished nursing, got married to my dad, and continued school and she became a nurse practitioner and she was the first female nurse practitioner in the county. And so like, she was like known as the kind of like a power woman in her county, I would say. That's awesome. Which is really cool. And, um, my dad, they, my mom was like, I think 16 whenever they met and my dad was 21. They're five years apart. And he, um, started his farm when like right out of high school. So like, he didn't go to college. He just knew that that's what he wanted to do. And his dad was farming or no? His dad farmed, I think, whenever he was a kid, but then later went into other things. Hmm. It's um, really weird. This is the first time I've ever thought about your dad's dad. Yeah, you didn't know him. No, not even my, that, but like to me, your dad has just always existed as Jim. And that's, yeah, and you know, my dad's dad played the violin. That's... Mm-hmm. This is why we do the podcast. I never would have known that. Did you really not know that? No, I didn't know that. So I don't have... He died whenever I was 11, and I don't really have a huge memory of him playing violin because he lost his left-hand ring finger to us all. And so that is your... A major finger in playing. And so he didn't play a lot whenever I was growing up. But as soon as I was born, it was like, oh my gosh, she has long fingers. She has to play violin because her grandfather did. Hmm. Um. I, there was a man at our church that uh, played, I don't know why Mr. Weiss was there. Um, this Jewish man that lived in Mobile, Alabama was at this, uh, went to our church and like was a Christian guy, <laughs> I hmm. guess converted. I don't know when, but um, he like lived in New York, did the whole jazz musician thing. His main instrument was 
bass and then he studied cello in college because that was like his true thing he would cry whenever he played he was my first teacher it That's was like cool. the most amazing thing ever. So you got to be around someone who just he freaking, felt the music. He freaking felt it. And like, so you may wonder, okay, why did he teach violin? And now I kind of wonder that too. <laughs> because uh, I think at some point he just started a music school at a private school close to where I was from. Started going to our church. Our parents were like, oh my gosh, like my, Aaron absolutely has to take, like how young do you accept? And I think he was five. So I started taking lessons at five. I was, we were in a really small town. I was the only one in almost every school that I went to that played an instrument, huh. specifically string instrument. So How I many had, kids went to your school? Was it pretty small? So I, I started out at a private school, very small, but then I went to public that was pretty like average size. And then I went to a high school that was pretty, pretty big in Foley, Alabama. But even then you were pretty like, I was like the only alone one alone in that. Very, very, uh, yeah lonely music program as a whole not getting a ton of attention all they had were um bands were really popular in baldwin county because of football our football team was awesome we were on espn two our senior year because we were so good and uh i was in choir that was my only outlet for music and the choir even like the choir teacher retired the year that i graduated she loved us so much and she just decided to be done after that and they didn't hire anyone back so they just have band, I think, right now, mm. which is really sad. That is sad. So I would like, they would come up with parts for me to play violin with the choir, or I would just play. But yeah, Mr. Weiss was my first ever teacher, and my <clears throat> parents say that I asked to play the violin, but if I could go back, I would pick the cello. And now that I know that like Mr. Weiss, that was like his one of his original, you know, instruments. I think I. I think I could have learned a little bit. His technique on cello was way better. But yeah, he would, gosh, he would just, he loved music so much. And I'm so thankful for, I had, I took lessons from him from the age of five to 16. Hmm. So I took from him for 11 years and then it got time to apply for college. And we all agreed that I should go into music education because that's how you make a living with music. That was like the only way. And so, because they thought, I think everyone kind of thought that Mr. Weiss would retire the time that I graduated and I would just move back home and take over his job. And so, uh, so yeah, I decided, I, or me and my mom both decided we needed a different teacher though that was more skilled in violin. So that was a hard switch because you're with someone, like he went through everything. Like yeah. I saw him once a week for 11 years. Yeah. And then switched because I needed someone to teach me like better technique, which was hard, I'm sure, on him. But I continued to take, I took like guitar lessons for a little while or like I took viola for a few years just to keep the relationship with him. I even came back and performed for his recital like a year later after college. Is he mm -hmm. still alive? He is. Mm -hmm. He read one of my blogs like a year ago nice. and, and emailed me about it. That's awesome. I yeah. bet he loves to know that like you're pursuing it. Yeah, I... Yeah, I I need to, I, w I want to talk to him about that because... I feel like if, as a teacher of something like that to children, yes, for them to grow up and then pursue it professionally oh, would 1, be the most like rewarding thing. Yeah, I've the only student, because I've taught now for, I guess, close to eight years, and my first student ever is in high school now, and she's... Uh, still in music not violin but she still does music which is cool i don't think she'll pursue it but i do have one student that i think will i think she's gonna try to be a band director which is really cool 
That's great. But it, it is incredibly satisfying. Because, I mean, you, you obviously tell the parents, this isn't, hey, I'm not teaching you to become me. But, uh, P.S., it would be really cool if you fell in love with this like I did. Yeah. yeah. But you don't, you're not trying to force that. You Over anything, you just want them to have, like, good character because of it. And I feel like all parents, whatever their kid is, like, dabbling in, uh-huh. they have the thought. What if this becomes more... Like at yes. three years old when Arthur can play soccer, even though it's just like the swarm of kids chasing the ball and they don't know which way to even go and score. Right. Yes. Every parent there is probably like, I wonder what this would look like if he oh, oh, yeah. sure. fell in love and chased it. Because I think my mom, like my mom is a very practical person and very like want to make sure everyone's like comfortable with finances. She worries about that a lot. Oldest of six, grew up kind of in a poor situation like I get why she has that mindset you know what I mean it's such such a luxury that like I didn't have to grow up really like worrying about that like we were very like middle class but everything was like taken care of like I never had to worry for anything and my dad like sold land farmland to like put me and my sister through college so I left college with like no debt so like yeah let's start a band together and make a living off of it because we have nothing to pay off and like this is all but like my mom in high school was because the plan was to do music education and then we went to visit the college together for like a pre-audition thing. I did horribly, but we both kind of walked away with like, I remember that car ride because she was like, I don't want to force you into anything, but I think you should do a degree in performance as well. And that was very shocking for me to hear that my mom even considered what it would look like for me to perform. Um, I think she thought more along the lines of an orchestra, but (laughs) here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So Southern Mississippi. Southern Mississippi. Both of you. So you went there, Jeremiah? Mm. I went there. I I majored in classical guitar for two years, jazz guitar for a year. And then my last year I switched to, it was called the EI program. It was the entertainment industry. But it was basically like, I just need to get out of here because my capstone professor didn't show up. Like we didn't, it, it was just like a joke. Like I, I left there and I didn't know how to open Pro Tools. <laughs> like it was, it was just, it was not a good experience at the time. It's great now, which is unfortunate because like as soon as I left, they got like amazing. You professor. had a couple of good teachers, I think. Well, well, I didn't know you then, but yeah. So I feel like my life has been peppered with these very inspirational people. Like my dad, obviously, like my dad still calls me and he's like, Hey man, I just want you to know, like, I was just like thinking about you and I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. Like, it's like the ultimate dad experience. Right. And then one of my, one of my educators was Paul Linden, who was the chair of the entertainment industry program. And he literally said, Hey, why don't you and I start a songwriting club? And because like, you need to have an outlet to do this stuff. That's cool. So me and my professor would meet and write and share songs together and he would critique them. And the first time I ever played Trimble was to him. And he was like, man, you can turn a phrase. And I remember being like, if a PhD carrying guy can, I just remember feeling so encouraged by that. By someone in that position. Yeah. Validating you. Yeah. And it's, it, a lot of it came from just like there's some people it's it's funny like you talk about your teacher looking like encouraging you like we had our last show in Hattiesburg at Southern Miss one of my high school professors came and afterwards he said I just want you to know that every time I watch you play I just feel an overwhelming sense of pride and that stuff matters to me oh I remember that because you you always like they were whenever you first discovered your love for music I'm sure like me like all I wanted to do was to to show my teachers that like I was worthy of that love of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's just, it's, it's nice to put yourself out there and for the people that helped you take the leap to go, Hey man, good leap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But Southern Miss for sure. And then, Mm. yeah, we both, it's like, we didn't meet until after he graduated. So we should have crossed paths, but we never did. It wasn't like a ginormous school. Sure. Um, but we were introduced like with mutual to, from a mutual friend, but like we actually both almost applied to the same school. We almost, well, Belmont. We almost went to Belmont. Yeah. And then we both like applied and then we're like, I don't want to do that. But we didn't, obviously didn't know each other then. So yeah. we were destined to meet. And interestingly, so <clears throat> I love the the way we actually meet. A mutual friend, I reached out because the band I was in was breaking up. I was in a band that I thought was the band. I was like, this band is going to take off. We are going to be the next Coldplay. Look out, mom and dad. And then we even told me that you're like, Hey, heads up. Like, Oh, I, I, if there's one thing I didn't lack that back then it was (laughs) ego. Well, why don't we, why don't you tell us about a happy home and your haunted heart? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you tell us about that? So that is unfortunate that you look that up. How far did you dig? Yeah. You, you dug, man. What do you mean? (laughs) So a happy home for your haunted heart is kind of like, what did you seriously though? How did you find that? It's my job to know these things. Mm, your job. So the Mount Rushmore's was the band I was in. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before. This is probably some therapy <laughs> stuff for me. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the song. I'm off the band. Nah, nah. I don't know. Oh, uh, that's. I was a super fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it was me, Jimmy. The song that uh, we have, my baby Jimmy and me. Jimmy played drums. My brother played bass, and. Uh, Ethan Manning, who uh, designed our new album, uh, we were in a band, and then we Charlie, uh, a guy named Charlie, joined like a year into the band, and I just thought we were incredible. I thought we were the next thing. Like we would sell two hundred tickets at our shows. And the these, name like, is great. The great name. My brother named it, and he's very proud of the great name. Great name. And we opened for Switchfoot, and then the next day we broke up, and or maybe it was like a week after. But it's just. The thing that I know now is like, this is not something that everyone wants to pursue. And at the time, I could not fathom it. I feel like that's every movie about a band that breaks up. Well, There's an element of like the one guy who just wants to chase and then everyone else is just like, yeah, I mean, this is awesome and so much fun, but like. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them were, were very clear, like. Hey, dude, like your super being into this is kind of off-putting because it like takes the fun out of it when you put all this pressure on it. Oh, you wanted it so bad. I wanted it so... I still do, but... Oh, I know. At, at the <laughs> t- <laughs> But at the time, I could not see how they... I couldn't get how they weren't meeting me where I was. So when the band broke up, I was devastated. Yeah, so I would, I would be interested to know about the time leaving that band from that point in between the in between from then until you met Aaron. Okay. So I will give you that exact thing. We it overlapped a little, it overlapped a little, which and I think the timeline to me is, is very clear in my head. And I'm led to believe that you were trying to get an album off the ground. Yes. And there were some bumps in the road. So there were some bumps. Is in the that road. True? So, uh, the Mount Rushmore's were going to have our first full length album. <laughs> and we, <laughs> We posted it on Kickstarter, and around that time, I had started thinking about putting 
these other like folkier songs off to the side because the Mount Rushmore's was like Were you a little bit worried that they that it was going to fizzle so you needed a backup plan yes and the thing is mm. looking back at it now it wasn't oh were you a little bit worried because they might have they were pretty clear that like hey dude like we all want to get married we all want to get they stay- told you like every rehearsal hey dude i'm not in this for good but <laughs> yes. you're just like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah i've were, already booked us 10 years on. out yes <laughs> they were legitimate the they could not have been more clear with oh, me babe. and and i'm i'm so that I, I would love to sit down with them now and just be like hey i'm sorry i like wigged out all the time <laughs> but it Aww. at the time i i i still i'm unforgivingly passionate about all things especially music and i just could not i wasn't mature enough to navigate that at the time anyway so i had a, i saw the writing on the wall because they wrote it and then they said hey did you see this writing <laughs> <laughs> so, and they showed it to you so i started pursuing a solo thing thinking well if the record doesn't take off they're probably not going to want to do it anymore mm-hmm. so like in case the record doesn't take off, let me have these other songs. And you were fresh graduated. Fresh graduated. Freshy. And I reached out to my friend who was in another band, and he said, I, I was like, hey, man, I'm looking for somebody that could play violin and sing with me because I'm like trying to do this like folkier thing. And he said, yeah, you got to check out this girl, Aaron. So I was in choir with him. Choir with him. I look <laughs> her up on Facebook. She is winking in the profile picture. A lot of people think they were. She was winking at the camera, but she wasn't. She was winking at me. Mm. And I had never been so attracted to someone through the internet before. Mm. And I remember just being like, That's "Romantic." Yeah, I remember typing or terrifying. I remember typing up a message, being Sar- like, "Sarcastic, ra- romantic." Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no, for sure. sure. Uh, and I sent her a video. <laughs> and it was a video of no 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 you just sent a message that very much sounded like an email oh it I was still have it so yeah it was basically dear Aaron hey girl hey it's your boy Jay I'm in a band whatever and I was wondering if you'd ever be interested in this yeah and I was like hey would you ever want to play music with me and you politely declined and you said this other guy would would be a better fit so my I saw his name on I, on Facebook and I saw that we had three mutual friends and one of the friends I was like super close to, like BFFs, and I was like, "Hey, dude, like, uh, who's this Jeremiah guy?" And he's like, "Oh my gosh, he's in the Mount Rushmores." And I was like, "Okay, do you know him?" He's like, "We've been in a class together, and like, I've always wanted to play for him because this guy was a violinist too." And I was like, "Oh, easy. Okay, here you go. I don't want this." So, yeah. Anyways, and then was... he still pursued. But then I added him as a friend to be nice. No. So this to me is the most important part of the story. What is? Because her response was also, "And I'm not a singer." And if you've ever heard Aaron sing, that's a very frustrating thing to be told. Sure. And she literally thought time. that about herself. She wasn't lying. She just was wrong and didn't know. I was in school for violin and that's all I knew. So me and her friend that she recommended are playing this open mic and we're like feeling it out, whatever. I remember the song we had was about a pirate and that was like our claim to fame. And me and the friend were like, no, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. And the, the details aren't super important. Yeah. You and the friend were playing a song thinking about performing it at the open mic mm-hmm. and you sang and it was Nora Jones's don't know why. Mm hmm. And I remember feeling betrayed because I was like, she told me she didn't sing. And that would be like Frank Sinatra being like, well, I mean, I guess I can hum a tune. But, uh, and I remember being like, hey, you don't have to play violin. Can you just sing? 
And then that led to her playing violin and singing. And then the other dude ended up just like parting ways. So it started gradually in that time, the Mount Rushmore's broke up because the album didn't get funded. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time it was like, Oh, this definitely has an end because they were, we were all bummed, but it was also, I think the unanimous decision was, well, there's your answer. Because like, if it doesn't even get funded, if it doesn't even get off the ground and I looked back and in my memory, I was like, well, that's what we get for trying to raise 20 grand. You tried to raise 20. No, it was four. Four hundred? Four thousand dollars. Four dollars? Yeah. (laughs) But we couldn't raise four grand and I thought we were going to be the biggest band. That's how delusional I was. And after that, I was like, okay, I want to just always be doing this and I want to do this in a way where even if it doesn't take off, I can still do this. Cause like, it's never been about the fame. It's just always been about like, how do I keep doing this? And you and I saw pretty clearly it was just, it just needed to be the two of us. Like we just needed to chase this thing. We go back and forth still though. Well, not with members. Like we knew at, it took about two years for us to say this should just be the two of us. But like playing with a band is just so fun. It's fun. It also takes so much pressure off. And I also, as an introvert and thinking, oh, you guys have more people to look at, so I'm not going to be as drained at the end of this show. Don't worry, we're all still looking at you. Yeah, because you fine, girl. What's up? Please stop. Okay. But, like, I know as the singer, like, I get that, but, like, I can still tell myself that Yeah, sure. It's all about what you tell yourself to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So, you met, and you fell in love quickly? You obviously did, Jeremiah. So quick. Aaron, was it quick for you? Yeah. Yeah, pretty quick. We the not the day that we met. So I, this was like the I said no, yeah. But friended him on Facebook. He posts a status like a few weeks later. Hey, I'm playing at Caliente Grill solo gig. Come on out. And I was like, you know, I should probably go meet him because he was then playing with my best friend at the time. And so I was like, hey, do you want to go see him play? And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to see what he's like live. And so we go, and then I was like. I leaned into my friend and I was like, smitten. Just so you know, we're going to date. No, no. Can you tell her why you said that? I mean, because I know. Because when you walked up. That's not why. Can Uh, you just. Fine. I walked up and I had, I was eating a burrito bowl and Jeremiah stopped in the middle of the song and was like, if my Facebook stalking skills are right, Aaron Raber just walked in the room. Oh. My dude's got game. I didn't know that. But yeah. That's not why. No, but I didn't know that part of the story. That's obviously a huge part. It's obviously yeah. like very huge. So he walks over on his break and then we like chat for a minute. Oh, you blushed so badly. Yeah, I still yeah. remember my dress. Solid red. That's a good one. Yeah. And we both, there was like a concert or concert. There was a gig. What? There was a show that night that we both weren't planning on going to, but we both knew about it. So we're like, oh, are you going to the Buddha show? And we're like, oh, yeah, are you going? Yeah. And so we both went and we both brought like platonic friends. And, and But and, that was the night. It just never stopped at that point. Well, then I went away for the summer. She was dating a different guy. And started dating someone else. Don't and, like that. Well. Don't hmm. worry. Your boy comes out on top. Then the, the same uh, second date night of with this guy, because I went, I went to like a music festival and then I came back. Uh, sec, the, we went on a date. It was like, okay. And then so then we're going on our second date like a week later and we're me and Jeremiah get roped into going to a birthday canoe trip thing. And so he we both go. Jeremiah gets in my canoe. 
and we my conveniently dog. I legitimately <laughs> said to myself if you can get in her canoe you're in <laughs> and it, he conveniently loses track of the rest of the party and five hours later we know everything there is to know about each other I call my mom I tell her I found someone that's gonna be there for good go on the date with the guy and I'm like can I be in a band with this other guy and it not be weird <laughs> Are you cool with this? And then a month, no, not a month, like then like a week later, I, bro- I like ended it with him. And then, and then here we are. And then we had our first rehearsal. After rehearsal, we stayed up talking the entire night and the sun rose and... <laughs> we were like, so we are were, we like a thing now? And we were in love. <laughs> yeah. And then I got the West Nile virus. And almost died. It was then that you got the West Nile virus. Right. Yeah. So very early on, you had very to... Very early. Like two you, weeks, had, you had to mother. Two weeks into that date. Yeah. Two weeks into like after that all-nighter that we had yeah west Nile virus and then i don't super mm. remember this but mm. yeah this is a good point i met her parents oh i thought you no you met my mom i met your mom my parents were split. you met my mom and dad yeah our parents met and the meanwhile <laughs> your boy jay was just like hey guys but <laughs> he i was like so doped up that he i couldn't talk even so much. and then aaron loves to bring this part out as soon as we get out of, as soon as i get out of the it hospital was a defining part of our relationship for a little while i think so too uh, I broke up with her. Oh, Be- wow. Didn't because- know that. No, and I think... Add that to your notes. I've had it explained to me bef- since, and it was... By you- my mom. She was supportive of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so unfair. It was your mom. And she was like, you needed a sense of normalcy, and you were you were staring death de- in the face, and it was just like, hey, I don't need to commit to anything right now. Yeah. You were and also it literally like, lasted like six days. And you were like, what was in my life at the time of this near-death experience? I need to kind of get away from that for a minute. Yeah. I get it. And you know what's weird is I'm like a very emotional person, and I've been dumped before pretty hardcore. And like that time, I was just like, yeah, he'll come back. You probably, but Yeah, I was going to say you probably just knew that it was just like I knew. a and temporary literally Step like away. five days and we ran into each other at book Million, and i was like <laughs> and what, we were just what like what section it was at the in the middle section where there's like the discount like the bargain yeah, stuff the like board games yep and um i just had a pedicure feeling pretty funky fresh and, and i walked in with my mom and your mom was like listen he's just being an idiot i was like so the whole family knows <laughs> that's fun good job jeremiah and then we had rehearsal like the next day and we were back together and then how soon after that did you get engaged? But wait, hold on. We didn't, I didn't want to claim it Facebook official for like a few weeks, no, a few months after that. I was very touchy from the breakup, clearly. Yeah. And we you got had engaged. every right. We got engaged three years later. I was, um. We dated for three years. We, we were, and you were in Mississippi that whole time? Yep. Yep. You wanted, you had like thought about moving a bunch. You really wanted to move, but I was still in school. Yeah. I had two years of school left and you really wanted to get out and marriage was never a part of the plan for me not not between you and i like you you were you were a riff in the plan yeah and i met jeremiah a year after my parents divorced and so i was just like i don't want to meet the one yeah i was Mm -hmm. literally going on dates all the time so we spent three years dating and reckoning with but this isn't how i wanted it to go all our friends got married everything we were just like nope not ready nope not ready and then we finally realized like this is ridiculous. Like, there's no, there's no way out of this. Let's I think also we were like, I really want to move, but like, it's gonna look bad if we live together. So let's get married. Yeah, I think that kind of led a lot of it. Was too. Athens always on the no on the no. brand? No, it was initially it was Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and Aaron's always wanted to go to New York City. 
Yeah, but I knew that wasn't financial. Yeah, and I always want to move to Seattle, but I know that financially we can never pull that off. But we came through here on a tour one time. And played where? We, at Hendershots. And we played a few times, but that was the main Peter Buck from REM was in the front row. Steve Earle was in the back. And I was just like, I want to be in a town where this happens. The night my niece was born. We night your niece was born. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a magical place to us. And it still feels like a magical place to us, dude. Like, it I is. don't... Dude, I cannot... You said it is? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I... It's a feeling that has not left since we've moved here. I thought... Oh, well, whenever the magic wears away, we'll st- I still feel like we'll find reasons to like it. And every day I wake up and we drive down and it's like, even on Chase, I'm just like, uh, honestly, yeah. Boulevard is the street that makes me like, it's the money. I, I cannot it's believe beautiful. I get to live here. So we got married in January of 2016. In February, we were like, so you still want to move, right? And yeah, you? Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about Athens? Should we just do it? We're like, let's do it. And then our next tour was in March. We toured through here. This was the only apartment that was open to to give us a tour of the space. We signed a lease. When you came through and toured and then yeah. finished your tour and then moved? Yep. Moved in July. Of 16. So, of, of that same year. So yeah. three, and then, three years here. And because then I July. Like, I knew we had to sign early because of the college town. In August. So we moved in July. In August, we went on a month-long tour. Mm-hmm. And we were so homesick. We were very broke. We didn't even get internet the first couple of weeks because we were like, well, we're going to be gone for a month, so we can just go to the library for the first two weeks. <laughs> and, dude, we were so... I cannot get over how lonely we were. Oh, it was really sad. We didn't have a couch because Walmart lost our couch in the mail. Walmart? Yeah. What the heck? This isn't... This isn't Walmart. You like bought it from Walmart, it from yeah. Walmart. And they shipped it and lost it. Yeah. They shipped it and lost it. Yeah. So Anna we were... and I had a similar experience when we moved here. Really? We were, she was already pregnant, but like I grew up near here. So I thought for sure we'd have like a good network, you know, Did immediately. you grow up in Monroe? Yeah. Okay. That's so like 30 minutes from Athens. Yeah. And we thought for sure we'd get here and like be able to plug right in. Yeah. But it takes time, even if you know people or whatever. So like yeah. when we had Arthur... He was born six months after we moved here. We were so isolated. Mm. So it was a struggle. I tell people six months, you can't question anything until you're six months in. Yeah. So you moved here in 2015 then? No, no, we moved here in 2017. March of 2017. Well, I just really got Arthur's age off for a second. He's 19. Why did I? He was born in August of 19. (laughs) August of 17. So he's two years. Right. Two years old now. So... Oh, okay. Okay. We moved when Anna was pregnant. So you joined Niche pretty... Right when we moved here. Soon. Right away. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Everything's running together. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But you thought you could plug in quickly and then it was... It took Yeah. yeah. It's just... I feel like a lot harder than you kind of expect. It's very hard. And I also feel like my personality, like I have no problem going to the bar and just sitting at the bar alone to make friends with the guy who's sitting to my right. You yeah. know, I think that's a superpower you have. I remember one time yeah, we were in the office and everybody's like chipping away and somebody was like, yeah, man, I've just got like this ham loaf. And you're like, you know, that's interesting. Ham loaf. I don't know if you know this. And I'm just like, he could talk to anyone about anything. <laughs> it was really ham impressive. Loaf. I want to know more about ham loaf. Yeah, you are really good at that. You are I really did, good. When we moved here, I was so not unaware that I was married, but I was just like so zoned out of like trying to I was in survival mode of take of take care of myself 
because mm-hmm. I was like so lonely and so terrified of like being in a new place. Yeah. That I had to be like, okay, you have a husband that's going through the same thing too. We felt really far apart for like three months. Yeah, it was very hard. Yeah. And you were like, we were like went to church like the first Sunday we were here. And this is your first year of marriage too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's first, that's like, more probably what it is. I mean, like Athens yeah. contributing, being in a new place, but yeah. and we look back at our first year of marriage, me more unaware of the fact that we struggled a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But Anna, super aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'll never forget. Uh, we've been married almost seven years now, but mm-hmm. a few years ago, Anna saying to someone when I'm around, like, yeah, that first year of marriage was tough. And, and I was like, like Wait, what? was it? <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of talked about it. I was like, oh, I guess that was kind of tough yeah, for yeah. you. Because yeah. I, well, I would like leave and go work at an office. And right. Oh. Then go to happy hour with friends after and then get home. And Anna's just been at home working on her business alone all day. Right. And so, uh, I mean, it was a selfish thing. Sure behavior on my part that made it that way but i was yeah. totally unaware of it you didn't know yeah i think i would say we were both pretty aware yeah and i think that's what's tough is that we were in the same room feeling those things yeah, because, saying those things to each other but still feeling super alone because in moving here we were like no oh jeremiah is going to be the full-time thing because like he left a theater production job i left 20 students in mm. hattiesburg and so that was like our full-time things and then now music had to be the full-time thing. And it was for like a year and now we have some more part-time stuff, but yeah, it's music is still like the thing though. Music's still the it's thing. Way more the thing than it's ever been. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, this is the first, so like the first year of our career, it was, we had to convince people that this is what we were going to do. And then like the second and third, it was like reminding people that this is still what we did. And now it's at the point where it makes way more sense. Like it would be silly if we gave up now, you know, like we have less people saying, oh, so you're still doing that. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. when you're 18 and you say, oh, I'm going to go into music. People are like, dude, that's so cool. Whatever. And then whenever you're 24 and everyone's like getting real jobs, it like stops being cool. Well, and we're also music, but like, what are y'all like doing? Yes. But what do you actually do for a living? Yeah. Or like, oh, so. Then it was like, oh, you're in, you're in your early twenties. Like, I'm really glad you're getting you're, it out of your system. I'm really, or not really that. It was also like, yeah, now's the time to really travel. Like you're doing, like that's really good. And then now Jeremiah's almost thirty. I'm twenty eight, and they're and so no one's asking anymore. They're like, oh, but, okay. But it's also an element of, I mean, I feel like you're out there now. You're, yeah, you're in the you know in the spotlight a little bit, and and it's people see it and they're like, oh, this is. They're constantly touring and constantly playing. And that's what yeah. that's what I've always wanted. Like, I want to be at the table and you not asking me how it's going because you're like, oh, they're fine. Let's just talk about literally anything else. Like life. Or they're like, I saw y'all were in, you know, Nashville playing last right. week or recording in Seattle last week or Portland, yeah. or, you know? Yeah, it's just there's that moment where, like, you hear, I, I don't know, maybe this is not for you. Like, you, you hear people like defending you for something that wasn't like unsaid things in the early stages where it's like, well, I mean like, yeah, they play, they play music, but uh, it's like, they've got other, you know, it's just like this like weird shade that gets thrown. Like a little bit of a backpedal type thing. And I feel like now that that doesn't exist. Yeah. I feel like that's a great, a great thing. Oh, and it's It's almost like a validation and it's wonderful. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So you, Right. Uh, so I write the yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were like it's you, right? Uh, so <laughs> I I write the songs. Okay. And 
I will. It's usually the way the process goes. This is an interesting interview because we've never once told our whole story in one sitting. And we've also never explained how we write music. Can I give an example? Because I actually thought about this earlier tonight. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to give away a little bit of a new song. Is that bad? No, it's fine. So, okay. This is how it usually goes down. I was making dinner the other night. I hear Jeremiah playing a guitar part. And I hear him, like, kind of mumbling some words. And all I'm listening for is melody. Like, I think about the words, like, second. He thinks about the words probably first, I think. So I hear him. He's, like, doing this melody. And he's, like, uh, now it feels awkward. But he's, like, or something. Yeah. And I come in, and I'm, like, and I'm, like, just hear that in the past, like, in the background. And so I, like, come up, and I'm, like, hey, this is what it should be. Yeah, that's cool. And so, like, that's my role. I feel like that's the best way I can explain it. Yeah, it's like I yeah trim the fat. I tell him how many syllables he probably needs for it, and then that's my role. Or it's almost like this is terrible analogy, but you're like digging post holes or something, and you're digging six inches into the ground, Jeremiah. Yeah. When you're like putting it all together and she comes up and she's like, no, let's, let's dig down three feet here with yeah. this change so and give it like a really firm foundation. I would go even further in to say, it's like you're out digging holes and she comes out there and she's like, Hey, that is where you should be digging. I know it sucks, but like, you should definitely dig that hole and not this other hole. Like, I know you feel like that's the hole you should be digging, but also this hole over here needs to be left alone because you're focusing way too much attention on that hole. That's cool. So what to me is her most valuable thing is if I sing a song that's not good to her, literally nothing will register. She'll be like, I feel nothing. My mind is a blank. Uh, I li- it's literally like I have nothing to say. She's like, I have nothing. No good, no bad. It is nothing to me. I don't feel anything. But if I have a song like the song she's talking about, she came in there and she was like, that's beautiful. Please finish that song. And mm, that's great. But that's a good feeling. It's the best when feeling he wants ever. More, it's never enough. It's Going never back enough. To like compliments. Like, I'm definitely. a Because co- I usually don't even say anything that nice. Like that's a very nice like, oh, that's beautiful. You should keep going. I'm always like, don't quit working on that one. Yeah. It's that's never all like, I need. It's never like super friendly though. He's like, oh, really? Do you like it? What part do you like? And he like tries so hard to get me to talk about but it. That's, you're like, what did I say? <laughs> I said, don't stop. That's what I, <laughs> exactly. that's what I need is just like, hey, this is good enough for you to finish. But there's, there are times where I could not, I couldn't finish a song and she would come in and she would just say, Hey, you just need to finish it. And that's all I need. I just need that little bump into like, you're in your head, get out of your head, whatever. Cause I'm extremely indecisive. It is my biggest flaw. You're just ping ponging around. And so for her to step in and just put the blinders on you is so huge. good. Yeah. That's so a great good. combo. But also like I can't sing harmony. A lot of people don't know that I'm not able to sing harmony and I don't know why, but my brain is like, Oh, you just want to sing the melody louder <laughs> um, an octave up. And Erin has amazing harmony. Like she can come in and she'll, it, it blows my mind that she, like her first thought is some of the harmony that comes out. And that's really helpful. The other thing it's, it's really nice to, to be able to sing bad songs to someone 
and for them to like still like you and still want to hear other songs, you know, like when I, whenever I sing the worst song that's ever been written, she's like, yeah, no, but it, you know, if you have anything else, come, come back, I guess. And it's just like a really cool thing. And I, I do think it is really great. It's that hard for me to deliver that so often. I just don't deliver I was going to say, I bet that, that was my next thing is I bet that's really hard for you to So I don't, I don't say anything. You just go. I let it go. Hoping yeah. that it'll turn into something better. Maybe well, if I, I will don't say, say anything, he'll just forget I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she literally told me one time, "Hey, I really don't like that song," and I shell, I like put it away. I like threw it in the garbage, and I was like, "Wow, that really sucks." Because like I really thought that was a good song, mm-hmm. and then we go to pick out songs on Joymonger, and she's like, "Hey, what about this song?" And I'm like, "You said you hated that song," and she was like, "No, I think I, I think I was wrong," and I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" And that's mm-hmm. gonna be one of the first but songs we release. There's been other times. Which song? It's gonna be the spell. She didn't like the spell at first, and now she like super likes. You changed it. it. I didn't change it. You changed it. I, you changed something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different song. Something got better. Yeah. Okay. Hurting my feelings. It's fine. So, where do you from the since you're kind of like the starting block? Where do you get inspiration? And then, Aaron, since you're not. This sounds bad. Talented. Since you're not <laughs> creating it at the beginning. Yeah, I, know. I mean, you're like picking it up. He's handing you the baton, right? And you're running with it. So it's like sure. you're both doing I'm the, the lifting. You're doing the you're right. both doing the lifting. Yeah. But you're on the front end. So like where you maybe find inspiration is probably yeah. a very different place than maybe where you do. Whereas yours is probably more like I need inspiration in life to be fulfilled and then Oh, oh that's noodles. Noodles. It's okay. If anyone forgot that noodles, noodles is here, we're rolling. Jeremiah, you begin the writing process. Aaron refines the writing. Mm-hmm. So it's a great tag team effort. So I would imagine that the areas where you find inspiration are very different. So any thoughts on that for both of you? Yeah, since I'm inspiration for me comes mainly from the words. That's usually the starting point of all things uh, that I that I come up with. Even, you know, you and I toyed with the idea of doing a short film. It always starts with just like, oh, this is what I would want to say. And yeah, but that's not the that's not your inspiration, right? Words are for but me. Wouldn't it be other words like other people's words? Yeah. Like I think about like what? Yeah. Who and what? Like what inspires you to then create those words for the oh, short I see. Film? I guess I, I guess I was confused. Yeah. So, Which I see what you're saying that like yeah. when you're writing wh- where you find like the, your process is right. like words first. So I wanted to become a writer when I read East of Eden by John Steinbeck because the way he just understands human beings was just so I had never felt so understood and had my mind blown so much as to when I read that. And that got me on a rabbit trail of just like I want narration. I love fiction and I feel like you have, that's another thing where you and I are so different in. In terms of words, yeah. yeah. I'm more melody driven though. Well, even in what you read, like you don't like fiction. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't, for some reason, my brain cannot handle fiction. Do you think um, your classical music upbringing is what really makes you just like dwell on the melody? Yeah. So much? Yeah. 1000%. And I think I'll, I even grew up listening to like strictly jazz stuff i don't know why but that's like all all the cds like i owned in middle and high school were mostly jazz albums it's like what you talked about earlier that teacher that 
felt the music so yeah. much and that was super inspiring to you yeah even so jazz singers here, i think are led by um melody and also instead of does this word make sense for this phrase or does this word make sense for the story they're actually i feel like they're actually thinking does this word sound good or does it feel good <laughs> or feel yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like he's in here writing a song playing a song and you're in the kitchen and you're just trying to feel it yep yeah. And I won't I won't tell him to move forward with something unless it makes me feel something. That's really cool. There is there's it's the last song on Joymonger. There was a lyric that I was really, really proud of, and she changed it. And she said, and it was like, hey, it needs to be this because this feels better to me. And it was like and it was it, the the attitude was, this is not a conversation. I'm updating you on what your song is now. What lyric? It, it was um because it's rare that I'll change a u- lyric unless I truly believe it. Yeah, hang on. Let me let me think I about like it. I remember this conversation at Niche one day. Or yeah, like you probably did. This uh, being talked about. Uh, oh, I know. It's, uh, I'll still love you the most. And my line was, I'll still love you tomorrow. And you were like, it's this. Do you remember that? Yep. Yep. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I remember it very, (laughs) very vividly. The face didn't look like you did. Yeah. I remember it very vividly because I was like, oh, that's, yeah. I'd like to remember that I was that cool. You, that's, that was literally. If she pushes back on something, do you let it, do you give into that basically? Since you kind of She has a really good batting average. Yeah. So when. Yeah, you do always. uh, Well, honestly. Agree. This yeah. this may be like way too vulnerable, but if you are partaking in the conversation, I'm usually like, okay, well, this is this is great. Whatever, like, since she's having the conversation, because there are so many times where you're like, yeah, I don't know, like, but if you're in the weeds with me, like chasing after a song, I'm like, yeah, if you think that's what it needs to be, let's do well, like, it. Like, I know, like, I I typically don't speak on something unless I'm like really certain that I believe it. Yeah. Whereas guys like Jeremiah and I will just talk yeah. until we land on the idea. Yeah. yeah. You guys verbally process. I don't. Yes. I'll do it sometimes to entertain you guys, but I'm not really deciding anything. And I do love it when you do that. <laughs> I don't know if I believe something until I say it. Aaron until came I in, hear myself say it. When Aaron came into niche this week, just absolutely buzzing. <laughs> it was I didn't feel it was that, really just a treat. It was I didn't treat. feel that different. Oh, you, no, you were you reeked you of were energy, lit up like a Christmas tree. But do you remember, like, whenever we the first few months of Niche, there was one day that, and granted, I am the community like manager, so I manage no big deal people. Like, I deal my job is dealing with people. But one day, I don't introvert extrovert came up, and you made a joke that was like, "Oh, you're that was the message of the joke was like, oh, you're definitely not an introvert." And I was like, oh, shoot, he thinks I'm an extrovert. Like, that's how... <laughs> I did? That's Yeah, and I was like, that's how on I, I've had to be in the office. Just like your nervous energy making you be on so much. Dude, well, it's wild. Like, Yeah, and then I, one day I was just like, it, the office got fuller, and I became known a little bit better. And I was like, oh, I can just kind of relax and just be me. That was the day you were under your desk crying. <laughs> I remember that day. <laughs> That was when I knew. Yeah. <laughs> so in your personal life, what gets you excited? Everything. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so exhausting. Cool. Aaron, how about you? <laughs> oh. Uh, no, both of you together. 
individually, whatever. Um, cooking, I love a ton. Erin cooks wonderfully. She's a great cook. I love cooking. Um, it's, it's also like its own love language for you. Yeah, you, I love it you all love the time. It. Uh, um, if I'm in a, like, I have to, I, mean, I haven't been doing it a lot lately. My goal this year, because I'm not a huge reader, but I've been into reading a lot, or my goal this year was to do like two books a, a month. And I've kept up with that. And I, I've been into reading this year. What are you reading right now? Um, writing Down the Bones. It's a, It's just like a practical guide to writing. I never read fiction. I'm really bad at it. I read self-help books, Enneagram books, spiritual, or um, memoirs. You love a juicy memoir. What's your favorite biography? Johnny Cash. Really? Mm -hmm. It's very good. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I like... Jay? I really love running. I really love... uh, I joined a a light CrossFit group, (laughs) and... Everyone listening to this just got so grossed out. They're logging off. Yeah, for sure. But it's, (laughs) I've learned that I don't need the results to be good. I just need to be with friends, like, like throwing heavy things around. Like I just, I love community and I love camaraderie, camaraderie. And so that, that's something that I've, I've realized since moving to Athens that I really value is just like being in the, what's wrong? I was going to say one that we have as a. All three, all, all three of us enjoy comedy because we've been to. We do love comedy. We do love some Santa. stuff together. We're yeah. going to. David Sedaris is coming. Do you know who that is? I do. He's coming to Classic. We've never been to the Classic Center, and he's coming to read and do one of his things in December. And we're going. I'm in. Yep. Okay. So we bought you a ticket. We didn't. Um, we didn't. So no. I really love. I really love that. I really love stand up, and I also really love good tv shows it's one of my favorite things about yeah. that's one of my favorite parts about being deskmates with you is because we have really similar taste in tv shows and like succession to me mm. is as good as reading mm. a steinbeck novel mm. i think it's so great mm. so i really love really good t- and you know we're entering this phase where they used to say tv rot your brains out but we are in like the golden age of television so I'm a it, better human after watching some of these shows. Oh, a hundred percent. It is it is like a new form of art that mm-hmm. like we are finally like leaning into. Like movies aren't as good now because TV has taken over. Yes, and they I are. love that. They're and so it's good. great because this episode is brought to you by HBO. <laughs> I just got to watch HBO Silicon Go. Valley. Yeah. So um you're yeah, big on television, big on movies. I feel like I don't even know when you have time to go to the movies, but in the morning, you're like, I, yeah, man, I went to see three movies one last of my, night. Yeah. One of my favorite activities is to go to a movie by myself or, or like I went to a concert tonight by myself. Like I, I love doing that. Every Christmas, my family goes to a movie together. Since I was a little bitty kid, mm. we would go, like on Christmas Day, we will go see a movie. We will get way too much popcorn. It will get like, they there get will be all five of, of us. candy and just pass it down the row. It love is that. delightful. But it's, you know, the... It's like pay $5 for a microscopic bag of popcorn or pay five fifty and get a giant, you know, barrel always of it. Always the America. giant. Everyone they has their always, own icy. They Listen. always get the giant barrel of popcorn that gets free refills, but they get two of them. 
I enjoy it a lot. Hmm. And I'm like, they're like, well, this will just keep us from. They're just making a statement. <laughs> yeah. If you want Milk Duds, if you even mention whatever candy you like, Sour Patch on it, Milk Duds on it. Are you a smuggling family? Or? I am, no, but they think they, I'm crazy. They're yeah, we, not. We grew up smuggling. Oh, no. I I have taken Arby's into a theater. There's the the movie theater at Beachwood behind yeah. the yeah. Chifla here in town. Oh, we, There's a CVS right next to it, I yeah. think, or yeah. there was when Did we were that kids. Last as, as they you have check movie out, candy. No, no they literally. And they'll say, enjoy your movie. Movies. Yes. <laughs> They're like, you go to the movies, right? It's that, amazing. That literally, I saw Judy last As you're just like shoving it into your shorts. Well, the one on- I have a diaper bag, so. On a Coney Connector, I can't remember which one that is. It's right by a five below. So it's like movie candy for a dollar. That one too. And it is but so CBS good. CBS is, it's funny how aware they are that that's what you're doing. I will never forget as a kid when they were like, enjoy your movie. And I had been feeling so like- even trying to hide it from them that I yeah, was Yeah, you don't be really have to, smuggling. I don't think. Yeah. They never check anything. Why do we think that? Shame. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> okay, fair. Guilt. Yeah. I love it. All right, movie. I think we're reaching the end. I feel okay. like we're reaching the end. We um, try to end. Uh, can I? Wait, wait, he has a plan. Oh, you look, try at to, his, look at his notebook. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? This is his notebook. Go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> if you could tell someone who's just found. Oh, Jeremiah's music, and they're about to listen for the first time. If you could tell that person one thing about really anything about you as a couple, about the music, what they should expect, or what you want them to feel or take away, I'm sure there's an element of like, mm-hmm. I don't want to tell them anything. I want them to just do mm-hmm. it. But if there's just one thing that you would tell that person, what would it be? Like, what's the one thing you'd want them to know? That an introvert can be a performer. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And you kill it when you do, too. That's nice. I think for me, it would be... I don't know why this is what I want to say, but this is just where I'm at in my life. It's, you don't have to like this. Just know that it means the world to me. Mm. 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 That's good. That's good. Wow, we answered that really well. That that was really good. (laughs) Yeah. Because I, I I feel like so much of answer, music is one of those things that you feel like you are an authority on. I don't know if it's because we have like the voice and stuff and we all think we, we're judges. We consume it a lot. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But sometimes it's like I get more out of our career than anyone will ever. It's almost like a just take it or leave it. Like, yeah, this you is, know, I hope we make it and it, yeah. it can be our profession and all of that, of course. But at the same time. We're making this for us. Chasing chasing this goofy dream has taught me more about myself than anything has ever That's or cool. will ever. It's been the greatest teacher for us. So what's next? Uh we just got a dog. I mean We just got a dog, man. We're, we're pretty busy. In the next Daniel. Mm, the next is now. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I thank you for doing this? This was like a this ton of fun. Great. This was a great time, man. You were uh you were a great host. Yeah. <laughs> we try to end every episode with w- with one question. Cool. Uh, right. and it's what are you su- what's one thing you're super into right now? And my answer this week is going to be you. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I feel like you took this seriously when you showed He's up with He's pointing notes, at me. He's not pointing at Aaron Yeah. Too, every, she's is, every other week. It's so, so so nice. Uh it, I just I I love you as a friend. I think you're I think you're one of the dopest and I think uh I think this was just a, a really good That's fun excuse to hang out. So. I'm into this, yeah, this new TV show. Fun. Which one? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> great answer. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Um, I'm probably into my newborn son right now. I should probably just say that. No, that's a good one. You mm. know, old Stu. Stu. Art and Stu. Art and Stu. Mm. Aaron. Aaron. Oh man, I just have one yesterday. 
I went to a classical performance tonight that was very nice. I needed to tell you guys this, though. Something, an observation of myself. Anytime I go to a classical performance, it's like since I graduated from school, music school, I always walk away with a little bit of like, I miss that. I wish I had an outlet for that. Is there not a place to play? Tonight? Something like that? There is. There is. It's an internal struggle. It's an internal. It's not logistical. Um, (laughs) There is an outlet. Cool it. Cool it. (laughs) There's a way. I just want to complain about it. Shut it. Okay. But tonight I was sitting there and I was like, I was, I enjoyed it. But the majority of the time I was just like, I'm really thankful that I've landed in a place of music where I don't think I'm a fraud. Wow. Because my whole time, and I know Mm. it's not this way for everyone, but as much as I loved school, I never believed that I was good enough to be there. And I've never once thought that about Jeremiah. Wow. And I was thankful for that. How low your standards are for Jeremiah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? No, I do. That uh, was like a very emotional discovery. and, And I think that was me like... Making a joke out of being totally in awe and in shock. Are you like happy about it? I'm happy about it just because... Because whenever he asked me to be in the band, it's not just like, hey, do you want to do this? For some reason, I knew that like the path that my life was like headed down, like I knew that it would take a hard left if I said yes to him. And it did. It completely took a hard left. I finished school, but like completely different life. But not the plan... No, not at all. I was going to be a studio teacher most and then playing an orchestra on the weekends. You see, ever see yourself playing solo on a stage, classical music ever? Never. never. I never saw that. Even with a performance degree, I just thought I was performing to show my students. I knew what it took if they ever wanted to do that. That's what I always said I was doing. Well, everyone loves when you step into the spotlight. That's a everyone hard fact. Yep. Sorry, I didn't mean to end it that dramatic, but I no. needed to say that. Do you want to get ending? Actually, sing us out. <laughs> Daniel, he's looking at I you. I was talking to Yeah, 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 I was pointing it.
That's my baby in a Mardi Gras dress Down the aisle coming after me The preacher asked, you know I said yes I'm wide awake in my own dream Me and my baby, we got married I don't see Jimmy all that often I know he's out there in the street Pounding his chest, calling out to us Time plays silly tricks on me That's my baby, Jimmy and me That's my baby, Jimmy and me That's my baby, Jimmy and me Life ain't that funny We'll just laugh at anything To try to keep them from seeing us cry Our cold is burning Keeps the world turning